All right, the 25th of December is here, and you are hearing the voice of your favorite uncle, Uncle Steve from Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone, our second annual Christmas party. And I have a lot of special treats for you, a lot of cool people for you to hear from. And what I asked everybody to do this year was to share a Christmas greeting as well as a memory of music, preferably to do with Christmas or the holiday season. Some people didn't have those. Some people didn't share those, but whatever. You're going to love hearing some really, really cool and some very special memories from some very special people. So there's a lot of fun stuff coming your way right now. So let's get right into it. Hello, I'm Blaze Bailey wishing you a metal Christmas and an outrageous New Year. Best musical experiences. I think actually singing with an orchestra, full orchestra. I did a thing called Metal Diamonds Tour with Doro Pesh and we had a full orchestra backing us and they played some of my songs with the orchestra. Absolutely fantastic experience, which I would love to repeat. Until next time, it's me, Blaze Bailey. Have a healthy and happy new year. Hi, this is Matt from Kansas City in Kansas, USA, formerly of Perth in Western Australia. And why am I here today by myself? Usually Uncle Steve's here and he's asking me something along the lines of, do you know what time it is or are you ready to do something? We'll waffle on about something, but this time it's me by myself. And why is that? Because this time it's Christmas time. It's that time of the year already. We just snuck up on us all again, I guess. Uh, 
So what was I doing here by myself? I was going to share a little Christmas memory that I had. But before I could do that, I just wanted to say, Nolig Hona Witch. To some that may mean something, to others it may not. If it doesn't mean anything to you, perhaps Saraj des Dvom may mean something. We'll have to wait and see, I guess. Uh, so before I go on, again. Buon Natale! Now I know I've nailed that one. Anyway, so one of the one of my favourite Christmas memories that I have uh, would revolve around the Live After Death album, which was my favourite Iron Maiden live album for a very long time, and it quite possibly still is. Uh, so why is it that's the case? So this is an album uh, that I've had more than a few times. Uh, I know I had it when I was back in high school, and it got stolen out my school bag once. And, Another cassette, I think, that got chewed up, and I had a CD that something happened to or it went missing. I forget. So I'd gone through a few copies, and <laughs> so by this time, you know, maybe I was around 20 or something, I forget. And my mum had asked, you know, what can we get you for Christmas? What what do you want from your father? And is what she would have said, something to that effect. And I was like, you know, nothing. There's nothing I want nothing I need, you know, probably trying to be cool, I don't need anything if I want something. Usually if I wanted something I'd get it straight away. So it was kind of true. But in this case there was one thing that I thought if she can get something that's special to me or that she knows is important to me, that makes her feel good. And although she thinks she's having a Merry Christmas, it'll actually mean a whole lot more to me. And it did. So I told her, I can't find this album anywhere, the Live After Death album. I've looked at all these different stores, and this is just at the dawn of the the online shopping age, I guess, when it was still in its infancy. So there was no way that my parents were going to be online looking for this CD. This was a, you know, leg it out to the store and see if you can find it kind of thing. Go for a trek. And so I told her, Live After Death, I am Maiden. She knows it means a lot to me. That She knows all the posters were all over my wall. There was no space on my walls in my room growing up. Uh, there was flags and posters and some of the single covers were even blue tacked up to doors, backs of doors. Uh, I even had one poster on the ceiling once I'd, I'd run out of room. So she found the disc and just down at the local store, of course it wasn't hard to find but you know, part of the story was that it would be special from her to me. So she got me that, you know, it's all well and good, she's happy and when I think about all the things that I would have gotten you know, in a lifetime from my parents at Christmas. You know, I, I know they got me toys. Do I remember what they were? Maybe a couple of them. Do I know what they got me growing up? Uh, probably clothes and stuff like that. What were they exactly? I probably don't remember. But this I do remember. And the fact that my parents were out buying me uh, Iron Maiden stuff was pretty special. They weren't against anything I listened to. They may not have cared for it, but they didn't dismiss anything that I liked, luckily enough for me. So that was pretty much that. Um, one other thing I did want to say was <laughs> Relic Kirstfest. Good, well actually it's more than one thing, so I also wanted to say Good Yule. And what I really wanted to do is wish everyone that's still listening to me now uh, a happy Christmas and a safe new year. If you don't happen to, to follow Christmas or participate in Christmas, I still hope that you have a, a wonderful day with your family or doing whatever it is that you do. And 
And I just wanted to also say to some other friends that may be out there, Freud van Achten, I hope I said that correct, or Feliz Navidad. Thank you for that being a little easier. Maybe some of those people out there now have either understood what I'm trying to get at or uh, understanding what I've said, which would be even better. <laughs> if that's the case, to some other people, Merry Christmas. Now, I'm not going to go and tell you what any of these languages are that I'm trying to, to navigate through. Uh, if it's worked, all well and good. Joyeux Noël. And if it hasn't, you know what? you got to give me a, a, some effort for trying. So the one, one of the ones I was going to leave you with, Certain Bozic. Certain Bozic. Now, I don't know if we had any listeners from that area. I think that we did, but we haven't had a story from anyone there. So I wanted to throw that in there as well. Uh, but yeah, as I said, I hope that everyone has a, a safe Christmas and New Year. If you don't celebrate, you have a wonderful day. Spending the, the time with your family. Uh, that's what Christmas is to me now. And I, I was explaining that to, to my son this morning. Because he was asking about toys and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, toys will come, toys will go. Uh, that for, for me, his papa, uh, being with family is what Christmas is really all about for me now. Uh, it's funny the way that we we look at things, the way things change. But I'm not going to take up all your time anyway. But to all my uh, to my family, my mates in Australia, back in Australia, I uh, just want to say to everyone there, uh, have a good Chrissy. I hope you're all safe. And love to you all, obviously. And Uncle Steve, Auntie Steve and Noah, uh, you have a safe and wonderful Christmas as well. I know that I'll be in contact with you sooner or later. And, oh, sorry, I forgot someone as well. Merry Christmas, Halo. I know you're a new addition. Uh, and I think I've got everyone that, at the household now. Oh, hang on. <laughs> That's right. The least. There is one more. At least there is one more. One more at least. Sarah, uh, Merry Christmas to you also. Uh, I had a great time when me and Mrs. Matt were down your way at the very end of October. So thank you, uh, everyone. And I look forward to maybe being back either next week or next year. It's up to Uncle Steve and the gang. And yeah, Merry Christmas. Have a good one. Thanks. So what I don't get is when Matt says if Steve and the gang will let him back. Matt is the gang. <laughs> Me and Matt, we're the gang. <laughs> so, um, you know, unless he goes on some kind of administrative leave, which that's always possible as well. So, but I hope you enjoyed the message from Blaze. And of course, uh, the Crazy Crazy Christmas, the Blaze Christmas song. You can't go wrong on an Iron Maiden podcast to have an Iron Maiden singer. So there you have it. Plus, we already had, I don't know if it's still my favorite Christmas song of all time or not, because I've got some new ones this year that I've never heard. And maybe you've never heard them, but let's hear from a few other people about right now. How about that? Let's go for that. Hi, this is Anthony, or Monkey Noodles, as I'm known on Twitter, from San Antonio, Texas. Hope everyone listening has a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. As for a favorite musical memory of mine, growing up as a kid back in the 80s, any time now that I listen to either Bobby Sherman's Christmas album or Bing Crosby's White Christmas album, those two records bring back a lot of memories growing up as a kid, helping my mom and dad decorate both the tree and the house for Christmas. We would always start literally the Friday after Thanksgiving. 
I also want to thank Uncle Steve for the opportunity to record this for the show and hope that you and your family have a fun and safe holiday season. Thanks again. Greetings from Boston. This is Melissa from Metal Chat with my favorite concert memory. I don't have just one. They're like chips. You can't have just one. But I will tell you that probably my favorite year was 1980 because that was the year that I very first started going to big shows. That's the year that I saw ACDC for the first time, Black Sabbath for the first time, Ronnie James Dio for the first time, Ozzy for the first time. It was my first experience going out with my friends, partying, and just having a really great time. My other high Highlight, of course, is 1981, the very first time that I saw my beloved Iron Maiden. I want to wish everybody a very happy, healthy, and prosperous 2022 and a very merry metal Christmas or whatever holiday you celebrate. Hi, Steve. Merry Christmas. Uh, my story uh, goes back to 2003, so um, I'd uh, not long started going out with my girlfriend who was to become my future wife and uh, at that point sort of started going to concerts again so I hadn't really been to going to any concerts since about 1990 when I sort of stopped listening to music so much and stopped going to so many concerts well any concerts really so in 2003 uh, we got tickets to see The Darkness on the Elf Hazard Tour at uh, Brixton Academy in South London and uh, well, we're pretty. We're getting pretty into darkness because they were they were pretty big in the UK at that time because they just brought out their Permission to Land album, and uh, it was it was pretty big on on like mainstream radio. So we uh, we went to this uh, concert up in Brixton, and uh, it, it was absolutely amazing. I, I just, uh, one of one of the best concerts I've ever been to. It's uh, it was total a total eye opener because I'd been. I've been used to going to fairly serious heavy metal concerts back in the, the late 80s, early 90s. And uh, and then I was at this, up there seeing this band who are much, much more lighthearted in their approach to concerts. So serious music, but the uh, but the show was, was, well, it was very funny at times, very funny. I remember Justin Hawkins um, on a, a giant pair of, of boobs basically floating across the the audience and uh, I've never I've never laughed so much in all my life so it was a it was an absolutely fantastic concert they had them had the one at the end they had an encore with their Christmas single um, don't let the bells end and they had all these kids on there this local school choir singing um, about not letting the bells end oh and it makes me laugh even now oh dear so anyway, that, so that was a great concert, very memorable, probably the best concert I've ever been to. Um, certainly the, the one that sticks to the mind the most. And it's sort of, uh, just to follow it up, um, there was a big push after that to get there, that Christmas signal, don't let the bells in, get that up to, to number one, to be the Christmas number one. But uh, I think it just got pipped at the post and ended up number two, which was a bit of a shame. But uh, I think it was mad that mad world single that beat it. Anyway, so yeah, that's my Christmas story. Maybe not the best, but uh, it'll have to do. Cheers. Well, for those of you that don't know, that was Alan Bell, my friend over in England, Stratford-on-Avon, where William Shakespeare is from. 
There's more than one great person that lived there. Obviously. So, why don't we hear another song by what I'm going to have to call my favorite... Mm, how would I say this? My favorite Christmas singer of all time. So, I'll let you hear the voice. I think you'll recognize it. But this is probably the heaviest version you'll ever hear of Deck the Halls. Now, one thing that all of these people have in common, outside of loving Iron Maiden, is every single one of them has done their Iron Maiden story with me. So you should recognize all of the voices. Now, some of them, it's been a while. Now, there are also a couple that have not actually had their story released yet. And there is one person on here that probably will never do an Iron Maiden story, but you'll understand when you hear that voice as well. But right now, because he doesn't introduce himself, let me introduce you to my friend over in Liverpool, England, the one and only Liverpool Scouser himself, Don McIntyre. Hi, Steve. Um, just like to say thank you very much for the opportunity to be able to, to speak to not only the friends that I have made, over the last year or so, but the friends which I know are still going to make. Um, most of my memories to do music-wise at this time of year are more relating to New Year rather than Christmas. You remember um, when we spoke at length uh, earlier this year that I mentioned a television programme that used to be on the BBC called The Old Grey Whistle Test. It was on late at night during the week and, of course, this is back in the Stone Age, before anybody had the ability to uh, record things at home for themselves. 
Um, and they used to do a highlights thing on New Year's Eve. And of course, you'd hope that a that an item that had been on during the year would be repeated because that was going to be probably the last and only opportunity you'd get to see it again. Of course, what that used to mean that was uh, it didn't matter what you were up to. Um, friends would all get together, perhaps on, on New Year's Eve, and uh, a load of um, booze, and everybody everybody smoked ciggies in those days, so there'd be loads of ciggies, and there'd be obviously pa packets of crisps, potato chips, whatever you want to call them, and of course a, a ready supply of music to play. Uh, but of course it's always worked out that whatever we were doing, we had uh, the whole thing had to come to a halt, the music off, everybody cram into one room in front of the television just to watch this programme until such time as this had got obvious um, that the bit that you were hoping was going to be on wasn't. Um, programme always finished about five to midnight. So television off, records back on again, waiting for the moment of midnight to, to come around. When it did, old Lang Syne, out in the street, singing and dancing, and uh, going up and down the streets, calling it everybody else, everybody's homes, and wishing them the compliments of the season. And I'm, obviously I'm going to sign off now, and I'm going to do exactly the same. So I'd just like to wish you, your family, all your listeners, my friends, as I say, who have already made friends that have still to make, Wish you all a very merry, happy Christmas and a safe, healthy and prosperous new year. Hi, Uncle Steve. This is Tom, TNJ629 on Twitter. Merry Christmas and happy new year. It was great to share my Iron Maiden story with you and your listeners this year. I don't know if my episode will be released before January but since we recorded it on December 6th, I am counting myself as part of your 2021 Maiden Story family. Anyway, my musical Christmas story has to do with a gift my brother and I gave to our dad back in 1996. Dad was in a singing group in college that released a record. My brother is a tech guy, and he suggested that we make a CD out of the record and give it to him for Christmas. This was way before recordable CDs were mainstream, and it just seemed like voodoo to me. But my brother assured me it could be done. I recorded that record onto cassette tape and then played the cassette into my brother's computer to a WAV file. Then I edited each song to its own WAV file and we burned a CD. We came up with some artwork to match the original record, and when he opened it on Christmas he was truly touched. This was the first Christmas our family had in Arizona, after having nearly all prior Christmases in snowy cold Connecticut, it was great to be able to walk outside in shorts and a t-shirt. Of course, being in Texas, you probably are all too familiar with mild winters yourself. Again, Merry Christmas, Steve, and thanks so much for your podcast and all you do for the Iron Maiden community. Hello, Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. This is your other Uncle Steve, Steve from the Potter Than Hell podcast. And I want to thank Uncle Steve for inviting me to share a Christmas memory with you guys. It's actually kind of pretty cool. It was the winter of 1977, and we had a, uh, I live in northeastern Pennsylvania, so we had a huge blizzard that Christmas. 
and I had an aunt that lived maybe maybe a quarter mile away, and I was nine years old at the time, and my mother told me that I had to walk down to my aunt's house to get my Christmas present, and I was like, Ma, come on, I don't, I don't want to go down there because I'm not going to walk through two feet of snow for a sweater. Like, you know, she was always the aunt that got me the the you know the sweater that you don't want to wear it was an ugly christmas sweater before you had an ugly christmas sweater so she's like no just just go down you're gonna you're just go i'm like all right so i you know i was dressed up like randy in christmas story with you know with the baggies on my feet underneath my boots and all bundled up in my hat and scarf and gloves and everything so i trudge down through the snow i get down there and I get a box, and so she's like, just take it up to your house and, you know, open it up. Merry Christmas. Like, Merry Christmas, thanks, you know. So I trudge back up through the snow, up the back up the hill, and I get home. You know, it takes me like five minutes to get unbundled and everything. So I finally do, and I open up, I, I get the box, and I open it up, and boom, it is Kiss Alive 2. I was like, oh my God, it was like the best Christmas present that I got that year and I really have my mom to thank for that because I'm sure she told my aunt that I wanted that but I just wanted to share that quick Christmas story with you guys and I hope everybody out there has a Merry Christmas a Happy Hanukkah and a Happy New Year and from Steve Dylan BC and BB from the Potter Than Hell podcast be safe everybody really like the message of that song I think it's really cool that someone like Rob Halford can and doesn't mind going out of what would be some people's comfort zone and doing something like that and singing a song that's it's a powerful song especially after the year we've had but I thought that while I was doing this episode for Christmas that 
I should get in the magic bus and fly on over to Ireland to visit my old buddy, Sir Fexalot. Hello, Uncle Steve. This is Fergal Feck, Sir Fexalot from the Feck and Metal podcast. Yes, uh, you were talking about musical memories related to Christmas. Um, so I do have a couple of those. But please bear with me while I open a can of Guinness. Oh, sorry, with these Guinness widget cans, when you open them, they fizz up all over the place. So you have to kind of be, you have to have your wits about you when you open the can so that it won't fizz up all over the place. So you have to take a gulp really quickly or pour it into a glass. And I'm not using a glass at the moment. So I had to open it and take a gulp in quick succession. Anyway. Okay, yeah, so you, I mean, a Christmas greeting, right? So I'm going to say Happy Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, the word Merry does not come naturally to me. I have a, a blanket ban on the word Merry, a kind of a zero tolerance approach to that word. I, if it comes out of my mouth, it would be disingenuous. So I'm not going to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year because that would be disingenuous of me to do so. I don't wish that you have a Merry Christmas. I wish that you have a Happy Christmas and a Happy New Year. The word Merry is not really in my vocabulary. In fact, I've said it now more times in the last 30 seconds than I have said it in the previous 30 years combined. So I hope you're happy. But uh, yeah, Happy Christmas, Happy New Year. And I hope your festive episode goes very well. I look forward to listening to it. But to get to the meat of the issue, do do issues have meat? Frankly, I don't care. I have some musical memories related to Christmas. One, the first one was when I was very young, I got a present of a selection box from a family friend. I don't know if you have selection boxes in the US. I'm guessing you don't because I've never heard an American person talk about a selection box, but it's very prominent in Ireland, the UK, and I'm going to say possibly Australia because they tend to share a lot of the same customs as uh, British and, and Irish people do. So a selection box is a, it's a box, usually cardboard, with a plastic inlay sheet filled with chocolate bars. And you might get a Cadbury selection box, which would be filled with a, a load of Cadbury's chocolate bars. You might get a Nestle selection box, which would be filled with a lot of Nestle slash Roundry selection or uh, chocolate bars, uh, etc. Or a Mars one, which would be with Mars and Galaxy and all that type of stuff. So as a child in the 1990s, uh, getting a selection box was a huge deal because back then the selection boxes used to be filled with large, like a full-size bar of chocolate, like the type that if you went into a shop and bought a Mars bar, it would be a full-sized Mars bar. In recent times, selection boxes tend to be filled with much smaller versions of bars, and it, it's it's made them cheaper, obviously, across the board, but, you know, it's not the same kind of magic as it was when I was younger, when I was young and everything was better, um, of getting a full-sized bar in your selection box and if you were lucky you got a large selection box which might have had eight or nine full-size chocolate bars in it so when i was younger i got a mars selection box which had a mars bar m&ms a topic most likely a galaxy probably a galaxy hazelnut um a bounty all of the kind of big hitters in the mars catalog were in there and there was also a tape of christmas music or a cassette if you will uh, and the cassette contained a load of Christmas hits, and one of the hits in particular was the song Merry Xmas Everybody by Slade. Now, I would have been five or six at the time, so music wasn't really on my radar, but we did have a cassette player in the house, and I do remember putting on the tape 
because I knew how to work a tape and whatever. And I remember putting on the tape and listening to the song Merry Xmas Everybody or Merry Christmas Everybody if you want um, and absolutely loving it and especially loving, not that I knew who he was at the time, Noddy Holder's voice. And it was like, are you hanging up, you're stacking on the wall? And I think, you know, now that I reflect on it, maybe that was my real introduction to rock music. It was Noddy Holder on a free cassette that I got with a Mars selection box in the early 1990s when I was five or six years old. And I've loved that song ever since. And it's been my favorite Christmas song ever since. Maybe tied with Fairy Tale of New York by the Pogues, but uh, yeah, that's my first Christmas memory related to music. Led me on to a lifetime of rock music fandom. The second one is uh, getting Oasis's al- Oasis's album "Be Here Now." Uh, when I was about twelve or eleven, it came out in ninety-seven, so I would have been twelve. And I believe it may have been, and it's hard for me to tell, but I believe it may have been my first CD of all time. But you know when like, people do magazine interviews or podcast interviews or whatever, it's like, what is the first CD you ever got? Or what's the first CD you bought with your own money? I don't remember, to be perfectly honest. I, I have like five or six or seven CDs in that kind of category. And some of them I got as presents, some of them I bought with my own money. I can't actually remember the specific first CD I ever got or first CD I bought with my own money. But there's, there's like five or six or seven candidates. But... This was definitely one that was purchased for me as a Christmas present. And to me, back then, in 1997, when Oasis released that album, they were the biggest band in, certainly in the UK and Ireland. I won't say the world, because they hadn't really broken America, but they were to me, they were the biggest band in the world. And for me to have my own CD copy of Be Here Now by Oasis was the biggest thing that I could possibly imagine. It was... My brother had, like, let's... Um, what's the story? Morning Glory on tape on cassette and I had taped that on a dual cassette recorder thingamajig that were very prominent in the 1990s um, but you know having your own kind of dubbed version or recorded version of, a, of an, an official cassette was great and all that but it wasn't it wasn't the same and we the only CD player we had in my house at the time was a computer which we had got the previous year as a family Christmas present so I used to sit downstairs and I used to stick on Be Here Now and I'd be playing games like Doom 2 and Duke Nukem 3D which I was big into at the time and I must know that album inside out word for word um, so I don't want to go on too long sorry about that uh, those are my two Christmas music related memories And as I said at the start, happy Christmas and happy new year. And that's all from me. Good night.
I told you you might hear some songs that you'd never heard before. That, for me, is one I've never heard before. And as you just heard Sir Fex a lot tell us, that's his favorite Christmas song of all time. So I thought, why not play something new? It's an interesting song, Feck. I don't know if I love it, but it's 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 not bad. It's fun sounding. So uh, you're welcome. <laughs> now you're going to hear from a few more people, and we're going to start off with, based on I guess what happens on the show and how uh, my guests are and and co-hosts and things like that I just I just came up with this nickname we're gonna start off with the first lady of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone so let's hear from some more people (laughs) hi I'm Kirsty from Iron Maiden story number six and quite a few other episodes Merry Christmas and a happy 46th anniversary to Iron Maiden so musical memories as Steve knows I have a great memory I'm always calling him out on things he said a long time ago, so I've got a lot to choose from. As a child, I got involved in everything to do with music. I belonged to a silver band, and we played carols outside in the freezing cold. I was on the tuba, and I'd get chapped lips from the cold, wet metal around my mouth, but I loved the sound. I also sang descant in the church carol service with my school choir, and even played the serpent at a medieval banquet. I was all dressed up like I was going to a Ren Fair, minus the elf ears. Of course, my favourite instrument is the guitar, so one great memory is when my parents bought me the Squire Stratocaster I'd been dreaming of for Christmas. Another was when I was 16. It was the year I got into Maiden, and I already owned Live After Death and Somewhere in Time. I was given peace of mind on cassette for Christmas. I remember sitting on my nan's couch, surrounded by relatives, and being completely antisocial as I listened to the whole album while reading the lyrics. I already knew quite a few songs from Life After Death, but I was astounded by Still Life and especially To Tame a Land. It was pretty rude, and if any of my family members are listening, I'm sorry, but I'm sure most people listening can relate. Anyway, I hope you all have a really happy new year and you get to make some more musical memories in 2022. Bye. What up, Metal Maniacs and listeners of the Uncle Steve Iron Maiden Zone podcast? You've got George here from the Metal Gods podcast coming at you to wish you a happy holiday, a Merry Christmas, whatever you celebrate. I hope this time of year is filled with joy, family, friends, and all that good stuff. So I'm here to tell you a little bit about my Christmas memories with music and metal. So as far as I can remember, music has always been a big part of Christmas for me and my family. You know, every single year we would gather around on Christmas Eve and we would sing Christmas carols together. And one year, I think I managed to convince them to slip a metal compilation Christmas CD into the mix and I remember that they weren't too thrilled about it but they put it on and they let me play the metal CD without really complaining about it so you know bless them I think it was called we wish you a metal Xmas and a headbanging new year sort of 
all-star lineups of musicians rather than particular bands. It would just be a bunch of big names together. They got Ronnie Dio, Finney Apice, Tony Iommi, Jeff Scott Soto, Lemmy, Tim Owen, Scott Ian, Dave Grohl. So a lot of big names doing Christmas songs like Little Drummer Boy, Deck the Halls, you know, stuff like that. And that was a cool one. So I like to listen to that around this time of year. I love Halford winter songs. I mean, that's not going to come across as a shock to you. I am the Judas Priest guy, but that is a good one. Halford has, of course, an amazing voice, and he slips a few original songs into that album as well. So it's not Judas Priest, it's Rob Halford's solo, and the album is called Winter Songs. So check that out if you're looking for some metal Christmas tunes. Anyway, what memories do I have? Okay, here's a good one. So this goes back to probably about age 14, and I've talked about this on my own show, about how I got into Judas Priest from inheriting my father's old CDs. And they're not the only bands that I got into that way. He had actually a pretty damn good collection. He had a lot of the original Zeppelin, Van Halen, David Bowie albums. I could go on. One album that struck a chord with me pretty quickly was ACDC's Back in Black. I loved Back in Black. That album was my jam when I was age 14 and for a lot longer. So I ended up getting the ACDC box set for Christmas that year. And I remember it just being so incredibly exciting. I thought it was maybe the best gift I ever got in my life. Now, keep in mind, this is the age when I was just starting to really get into music for the first time. And here was sort of a foundational centerpiece that I could build up my music collection upon. Like, I could say that to start out with, I had something really cool that I could show off. At the time, I had Back in Black, but this ACDC box set, it had 17 albums, a couple of which were live, but even so, it was the band's entire recorded output to that date, including the original Australian versions of the albums, which had songs that were never released on the US versions. And I remember showing that to a couple of my friends who were like casual ACDC fans, and that kind of blew their mind because at the time, that material wasn't available anywhere. Nowadays, you can find it on YouTube and Spotify. They released it on some sort of rarities compilation. But back then, this is before that, and people basically didn't know some of these songs because they were never released in the US. So we're all Iron Maiden fans, if you were listening to Uncle Steve, obviously. Just imagine, take yourself back to the time when you got your first Iron Maiden album and you loved it. And then you couldn't get enough and you wanted more. Just take yourself back to that point in your history, because I'm sure we were all there at one time. Now imagine the very next Christmas, someone plops down just a big box for you of every single Iron Maiden album that you don't have. You would lose it. That would absolutely make your entire week or maybe your month. So that's how I was feeling back then. And I remember 
This was sort of kind of a turning point for me in my personal interests and hobbies because you might remember me from episode 32. I got into Iron Maiden because of video games. I played a lot of video games and I got a couple new ones in that Christmas haul along with that ACDC box set. And for some reason, I wasn't gravitating towards the video games right away. Like that sort of excitement had been overtaken by the amazing immaculate ACDC box set in front of me. And I spent hours just looking at it, just pulling out all the CDs and staring at all the different art. You might not get this if you're a younger listener and you've only sort of experienced a lot of this music digitally, but the thing about CDs and other physical media like records and cassettes, there was more art in it, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, on Spotify, you've got like a tiny little picture of the art next to the songs, but you have the art in large form with a physical media. There's the back cover, there's art on the CD, there's art on the inside cover, and then there's a booklet with lyrics and photos of the band. And it really kind of adds to the experience, at least it did for me. And I was having a great time, like before I even popped those CDs in, just sort of taking in all of the artwork and sort of getting to know the band and having all their albums from beginning to end and seeing the pictures in the booklets, it really kind of made me feel like I was getting to know them and understand them on a larger scale because now I was seeing the extent of their history. That's my Christmas story and I hope all of you have an awesome holiday season. So once again, this has been George from the Metal Gods Podcast. You can hear me tell my Iron Maiden story on installment number 32 of Steve's podcast. And if you love Judas Priest, then you'll definitely want to check out the Metal Gods Podcast, where me and my best bro Tom drink craft beer and talk about a different Judas Priest song each Friday. Until next time, stay locked in and keep defending the faith. Hello, this is Jesse, the delivery guy, and uh, doing a little holiday uh, celebration and wishes for Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. Um, happy, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. I think the most important thing about this time of year is just, you know, being thankful for family and friends. Uh, so... Dying uh, came out, what, in uh, October?
October of uh, 1990, so I would have been like 13 years old. Um, unfortunately, at 13 years old, I had just got my first job washing dishes for like three bucks an hour. Uh, so, uh, but for that Christmas of 1990, my older sister, um, who was almost out of high school at the time, had got me the No Prayer for the Dying album, and I just thought it was great. I didn't really, uh, the whole Yannick thing didn't bother me at all. I, um, I remember playing a lot of Tetris to that album. We had just gotten a computer, which back in 1990 was a big deal. It was like a Tandy computer. I mean, you know, my cell phone's ten times better than that thing was, but I had Tetris on there, and I always remembered playing uh, Tetris and while listening to No Prayer for the Dying. I think it's a fantastic album. Um... But yeah, and one more memory that I did have is when I was a little kid, uh, probably three years old, uh, around that age, uh, one of my first Christmas memories of a Christmas song uh, was Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, Elmo and Patsy, and I believe that came out in 1979. And... Uh, my grandmother uh, had one of them uh, tape decks, you know, the big square ones where you put the cassette in and it had, you could plug in a mic or it had an outboard mic too where it would just record whatever. And she would record stuff off the radio. And, uh, and that was one of my very first holiday songs that really uh, ended up being really special to me to this day. So, Grandma got run over by reindeer Walking home from our house Christmas Eve You can say there's no such thing as Santa But as for me and Grandpa, we believe Basically, Grandma has a few too many drinks at uh, Christmas and then wanders out into the snow and then apparently Santa Claus had a few too many drinks too because he ran her over with the reindeer, so... Uh, I always thought that was funny. My grandma would play that song for me. But anyways, uh, just wishing y'all a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy whatever it means to you. And up the irons, man. See ya. Okay, I don't know about you, but to me, Jesse playing uh, Mother Russia, if you're not aware of what that was, it was Mother Russia, Dance of the Sars. Mother Russia from No Prayer for the Dying. That was really cool, Jesse. I do appreciate that. I was like, oh, man, I just like that a lot. Thank you. Um, I really think it's cool to have all of you different people here. I appreciate each one of you for listening, for participating, for sharing a memory. And after this next commercial break, you're going to hear from a couple of people who are very special to me. So let's get this commercial break out of the way and then hear from a couple of special people. This holiday, bring home the sounds of the season with Megadeth. All your beloved favorites in one special collection. Frosty the snowman was a jolly happy soul. With a corn cob pipe and a button nose and two eyes made out of coal. 
The Little Drummer Boy. Shall I play for you? Do you hear what I hear? Do you hear what I hear? Do you hear what I hear? It's death! <laughs> and many, many more. Hi, we're Megadeth. These are the carols we grew up loving. And you'll love them too. Or Santa will kick you in the throat! This unique collection also features their hit duet with Jenny Lewis, Baby It's Cold Outside. I really can't stay. Baby It's Cold Outside. I've got to go away. Baby It's Cold Outside. No, seriously, I have to go away. I'm scared. Thrashing through the snow, a very Megadeth Christmas. Ho, ho, ho! Available at Walgreens. You should have given me these questions earlier so I could have been prepared. No, these are easy questions. All right, this is Uncle Steve here, and I'm sitting here with my mother. Mom. Mom. And she's going to tell you what her, what her most remembered musical memory is from when she was a younger person about music around Christmas time. What's your Christmas memory of music that you told me the other day? Well, let's see, I think I was about 13, junior high, and uh, the Beatles had their new album coming out, Beatles 65. And I told my parents that if I didn't get that, I was such a great kid, I told them if I didn't get that for Christmas, I didn't want anything. And so, of course, they ran out and bought it for me, and there it was under the tree. Is that all you got? Uh, yeah, it's, yes, and I listened to it until I wore it out. I knew all the songs by heart. What songs were on it? Oh, gosh. Well, that was like 60 years ago. That's hard to remember. <laughs> you can't remember one it's song? That was... Okay, hold on. You should have asked me this earlier. I could remember. I can edit. So she decided that she should look it up, and she looked it up. So what songs are on it? Uh, I want Yesterday, I think, might have been on it. Yesterday, I thought that was a newer, an older, like a one, one of their. I thought that was one of their more recent songs. Okay. Okay, here we go. It's okay. It's on the back. I'm not sure. Oh yeah, I remember these, and I was wrong. Yesterday's not on it. No reply. I'm a loser. Babies in black. Rock and roll music. I'll follow the sun. Mr. Moonlight. Honey, don't. That was a Ringo Starr song. He always had one on each album. I'll be back. She's a woman. I feel fine. Everybody's trying to be my baby. And my favorite ones were I'm a Loser and I'll Follow the Sun. I remember, I remember I'll Follow the Sun vaguely. I'm a Loser too. I think that was John Lennon singing that one. So, let's see. So the question I have for you is... You want to know the very first music I ever bought? Sure. The very first of the 45s was uh, um, the Beach Boys. Uh, Surf City, I think, or was it? Before the Beatles. And then uh, I bought Dion Warwick. Dion Warwick? Yes, but I can't remember the name of the song, but those are my first two 45s. That was my first foray into music purchasing. So in 1986, okay. I was four, 13, yeah. and 
I bought you cassette tape. That would have been that Christmas in 85. But they were touring that year, and the opening band was a band called Wasp, who's one of my favorite bands of all time. I said one of. I mean, they're not all the favorite. They're all, but they're all up there. So my cousin Chris was taken to the concert by his dad, and they offered to let me go with him. But you didn't let y'all didn't let me go. Because Joe's bad influence. So why? Why didn't I get to go? This is my biggest regret of not getting to go to a concert when I was young. How old were you? Thirteen. That's probably why. I was older than Chris. What? Four weeks. This doesn't matter. And Joe's a responsible adult. Uh, Kinda. <laughs> so why? What, what reason would there have been for me not to go? No, that was how many years? 36 years ago. I had to make something up then. Maybe you were grounded. I don't know. Because I only ever got to see Wasp one time. Oh. And that time was with guys that were not in the band after that tour, so. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and do you want to leave any kind of a Christmas greeting? Oh, I was going to tell you what my favorite bands were in junior high. Okay, what were your favorite bands in the junior Kinks. high? I loved the Kinks. The Kinks. Oh, yeah. Kinks were heavy metal back then. Didn't they cover Van Halen on yeah. that one song, You Really Got Me? It's a joke. Oh, I sort of said that would have been before Van Halen. Yeah. Okay, now what? The Kinks and who else? Oh. Or that was just else. your favorite band. Oh, I loved the Kinks. That was in high school? Junior high. Junior high? I didn't know they were that old. Oh, yeah. They were great. They were, they were a hard and heavy metal band back then. Okay. Because that's before heavy metal came around, I guess. Yeah. They were good. Uh, yeah. And when we moved back to Michigan, uh, back from Michigan, my best friend bought me the album for Going Away. A album of theirs for Going Away Christmas. An album. A album, an album. Uh, this is Uncle Steve's mom. I've been putting up with him for 49 years. Mm -hmm. He's a pretty okay person. <laughs> And uh, he's brought a lot of joy into my life. He's a good kid. And I just want to wish everyone a, a Merry Christmas and a wonderful New Year next year. Hopefully it will be better. Maybe we'll be COVID free by next year or sometime next year. And uh, we'll all be dead. And uh, <laughs> I just wish everyone peace and happiness and, and love. Hello, it's Andrew from Iron Maiden Stories Installment 12, and of course from Somewhere Back in Time episodes. A couple of Christmas memories, maybe, musical memories. Um, first from my very early childhood. The first song I really remember. Um, I had a little plastic uh, record player and it played these single size floppy disks like the ones you used to get on um you know come with magazines and things like that and um the song was uh puff the magic dragon by peter paul and mary and it was a lovely song and i remember it conjuring up lots of images in my mind uh quite a sad ending uh which always had me a bit sad melancholy maybe but it's a song I loved and loved playing. 
um, and one that every now and again I think about. Um, but moving forward much more recently, uh, in 2006, um, Iron Maiden had their Matter of Life and Death tour, I think it was 2006, and uh, obviously I wanted to get tickets. I got tickets for myself and my then girlfriend, now wife, Sonia, and the nearest one to us was London, and we so I got tickets for the London date. The London date happened to be, well, it actually was today. I'm recording this on the 23rd of December uh, and very close to Christmas. I had completely put to the back of my mind, or even just out of my mind entirely, the fact that Sonia had planned to return to Australia to spend Christmas with her family. Uh, being half German, they tend to celebrate Christmas on Christmas Eve. So there was no way we could go and see Iron Maiden on the 23rd and be in Melbourne on the 24th. Uh, I wasn't the most popular person <laughs> in our household of two, uh, so I had to hurriedly uh, try and sell the tickets on eBay and buy tickets for an alternative date a little bit earlier in December, which happened to be in Birmingham got to see, of course, that fantastic tour where they played the whole album front to back. Uh, and that was magnificent. And of course, we got to come over to Australia to spend Christmas with Sonia's family. So a Merry Christmas from me, a Merry Christmas from my family to all of you. Now Christmas is a holiday that is usually associated with love and thankfulness. But I decided that I should take a little turn here and share something with you, maybe a couple of things with you that I absolutely hate. Two things. So first thing I decided is that I would let you hear a snippet of what I think is the worst Christmas song ever recorded. Now, when Matt came down here at Halloween with his family, with his wife, with Mrs. Matt, we went and ate at a restaurant down here and I eat there a lot at lunch because I can park there, my truck, I can park my truck there. So now when you go there, it's always Christmas music that you hear. And every time Almost every time I go there, this song plays. And so the other day I was on the phone with Matt and I said, Hey, <laughs> I said, Hey, do you have a Christmas song that you think is the worst? And he said, I don't really have a, I've never thought about it. I have one that I think is the best and I'm not going to name it here. Cause, uh, I don't want to uh, get Matt in any kind of trouble or have him become the most hated man in podcast land. Although nah, who cares? He said his favorite Christmas song is that song by Mariah Carey. <laughs> I don't want a lot for Christmas. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, something like that. I don't hate that song, but uh, there's a funny video of it. If you if you look up and you say, um, like, it's like you you find that video and then there's like a mosh pit, and they have all they have like basically this this band playing on stage and there's this big mosh pit going on, but all you hear is the Mariah Carey song. It's on YouTube somewhere. It's pretty funny. 
But um, let me let you hear right now part of the worst song ever. I let Matt hear a little bit of it the other day just to see what he would think. And he, within like five seconds or three seconds, he's like, that's horrible. Turn it off. I, I, I agree with you. So let me let you hear this and something else that I hate. Hello on podcast land. This is a much hated, much hated, much hated Mark that uh, frequently has conversations with Steve to make sure that uh, he's quite irritated at my opinions. In the past year, I've enjoyed myself immensely in that capacity and hope to do so in the coming year as we do more album reviews and uh, really uh, make, make a mess of everything. That's, that's the whole goal here. So I just want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and... Uh, I uh, want to share with you a Christmas memory that actually took place recently. And this is really actually never happened to me before. I I typically don't get a lot of music for Christmas, but uh, from my friends and believe it or not, from my wife, which was quite shocking, I received uh, two Aussie albums, one of which was The Ultimate Sin and the other was Bark at the Moon. Believe it or not, in much much of my embarrassment, I haven't received those albums until now. I just did everything via streaming. So I'm real happy with it. Uh, the other th- item I received, which, to my shock, was uh, the Black Sabbath album, Heaven and Hell, which I've been re- listening to quite frequently recently, uh, which I like a lot. And Steve may not have as high an opinion of that album as I do, but I think it has a lot of good stuff, and despite the fact that there's Dio singing on that. So it is what it is. I'm real happy with it. So as I said, I want to wish you guys a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and hope to to justify my moniker in the, next, in the coming year that... Uh, You'll hate me even more. So, once again, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and hope to talk to you guys soon. Thank you. I mean, you can totally understand why I hate those things, right? I mean, are those not two of the most annoying voices you've ever heard in your entire life? (laughs) Oh, man. No, I love Mark, even though he's hated by everybody else. I mean, and, you know, I'm the original one that hated him, though. So, for all of you people that are hating him. I hated him first. So why don't we get to something else that's pretty cool here? Um, As you may have noticed, there's quite a bit of Rob Halford, the metal god, his Christmas songs, because he's the most awesome guy that can actually do these songs and give, do him some justice. And, you know, he has the, uh, the guts, the cojones to do this. So let's hear a song. Now, if you are familiar with Judas Priest's newest album called Firepower, 
tell me that when this starts, it does not remind you of the song Lightning Strike from Firepower. This one is called Donner and Blitzen. interrupt Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone's Christmas party for a very special and important message from the one and only official politician of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. Don't be fooled by imitations. This is Councillor Richard Holmes from Garva in Northern Ireland, and I want to wish all the fans of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden podcast a very happy Christmas. With such a dearth of live music in the last two years, Uncle Steve's podcast has become a weekly nostalgia trip for me as I listen to the stories of people talking about the soundtracks to their lives. I'm one of those Maiden fans who buys on the day of release, so I've not had the pleasure of unwrapping Iron Maiden presents at Christmas. But back in 2006, I did have the pleasure of seeing the Matter of Life and Death tour twice in the week before Christmas. I had Dublin on the 20th and then a Christmas trip to London for shopping, eating and Iron Maiden at Earl's Court. That was the night the sound system went... Uh, down for about half an hour but getting to play past the curfew made it all a little bit more memorable thanks to Steve, Matt and all those who have made this podcast such a staple part of my weekly entertainment Happy Christmas to Eddie, to Iron Maiden and to the boys and girls of the Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone podcast How about that? I mean the official politician of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone making an actual appearance. I mean, I told you there were some surprises, right? Hey. And again, 
do not be fooled by cheap imitations. There's a lot of people in the podcasting and political community that are out there trying to fool people. I've had plenty of people reach out to me and say, hey, this guy said he's the official politician of Uncle Steve's Iron Main Zone, and I have to cut it right off. So why don't we hear from some more people? I have a handful of people that you haven't heard from yet, and all of the next ones you're going to hear from have done their Iron Maiden story. So let's listen to quite a few of them right now. Hey, 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 this is Chris Denae from the band Power Slave, the Iron Maiden Experience, based in Nashville, Tennessee, and you're listening to Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Podcast. One of my favorite musical memories at Christmas time would obviously have to be getting my first guitar when I was 12 and a half. It was a rather inexpensive Dixon acoustic, and I actually still have it. Keep it mostly for sentimental sake, as I have several others to play these days. Another great Christmas memory, musically speaking, would be when I got a life-changing album, Rush 2112. I had never heard anything like that. Hope everyone has a phenomenal holiday and a safe new year. Keep rocking, and as always, up the irons. All right, how you doing? Uh, greetings from Scotland. Uh, I would just like to wish everybody uh, a happy holidays, uh, Merry Christmas, uh, whatever you celebrate, uh, I hope you have a fantastic time at the end of the year. I hope the year has been, you know, despite the, the challenges through, again, a, another year of the, the COVID pandemic, but with easing restrictions in a lot of places, but with a lot of uncertainty, I hope everyone has been safe. I hope you're all happy and I hope you'll all continue to be happy. And if you're not happy, uh, I hope you become happy. I hope you you really get what you're looking for in life. Uh, regards to just wanted to share a quick uh, Christmas memory I remember I went to see in 2006 I went to see Iron Maiden my favourite band uh, in Denmark on the Matter of Life and Death tour and I remember there was a t-shirt I noticed after it that was a specific for the, the Nordic tour it was this cool t-shirt of like a bunch of Eddies dressed as Vikings in a longboat and I queued up at the end of the gig to get it and it ended up being sold out by the time I waited in this massive long queue and it was sold out and I couldn't believe it I was so gutted and I remember uh, years later uh, my ex-girlfriend I remember one Christmas I like, opened this present and it was the t-shirt and I told her the story and she ended up this was about 10 years later uh, if not more than 10 years later and she managed to actually track the t-shirt down in my size in near enough mint condition and yeah it was just phenomenal yeah one of the kind of I would say one of the kind of best music related Christmas presents I've ever had but stay safe guys well my friend forgot to introduce himself maybe they do things a little differently over there in Scotland <laughs> nah that's my friend Richard O'Donnell from Scotland. He did his Iron Maiden story about a month ago or so, I believe. And he's a really cool dude. Really cool dude. Looking forward to meeting him one day. One day. So how about we hear from some more people here? I have next up is another guy that doesn't introduce himself, Justin in Florida. So let's let's hear from Justin and a couple of other people. 
Hey, Steve, I just wanted to wish you and your listeners a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays and share one Christmas memory that always made me laugh. I, me and my brother used to get each other two CDs for Christmas, uh, just something we thought was interesting and wanted the other guy to hear. Uh, and one year he got me, I think I was maybe 10, he got me the first Ramstein CD. And so I set it up with my stereo to hear it on Christmas morning. And if you've heard the first CD, it kind of starts off with a bang and scared the living daylights out of everybody on Christmas morning. And uh, was pretty funny, although I did get yelled at. So something I'll always remember makes me think of Christmas whenever I hear Ramstein. Uh, Merry Christmas. Good afternoon, everyone, and happy holidays. This is Eric from episode three from way back in the day. Um, so I want to share a quick story with you guys with Christmas and music. Okay, so, um, around, let's say, the fall of 2018 for, uh, the Maiden Fan Club pre-sale tickets came out, and my parents, knowing that I'd been a huge Iron Maiden fan for Lord knows how long, um, they actually paid for the tickets for my wife and I to go see Iron Maiden in Atlanta, Georgia in June or July of 2019 for the Legacy of the Beast tour. Um, so that was awesome. Uh, another quick music story is just growing up around Christmas time, specifically on Christmas Day opening presents. My parents would always play Trans-Siberian Orchestra, which is that like rock metal meets the symphony style music. Uh, and they'd always play that on the speakers while we open presents Christmas morning. And uh, I'm actually gonna go see them live in a couple days in Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, so yeah, a little two part Christmas story. Uh, and I'm just glad to be back in the United States compared to last year where some of you guys knew that I was uh, in Kuwait for the military. So again, happy holidays. Good to talk to you guys, see ya. I got to admit, it's really cool, again, to have so many of you take the time to send your stories in. Not only your Iron Maiden stories, but your stories of Christmas past. I don't know about everybody else's stories. There's some really cool ones on here, but I don't know if there's any that are probably not as fun as mine, because mine are not very fun. But I have a couple, about two or three that I can remember off the top of my head. Um, the first one I ever remember is back in probably my first two years of really, really being into music. And the first year was 85, 1985, when some of these, uh, actually the last two guys that spoke weren't even born. <laughs> so I remember I was getting into Kiss and on my birthday, I had gotten the Animalize album. And then in September, the Asylum album came out. So I got that around release. I got Animalize during the summer. And I remember I had went over to my cousin Chris's house and his dad had a really nice stereo set up with a nice record player where you could record cassettes from them. And I remember he made me a cassette with Creatures of the Night and Lick It Up on the other side so creatures on one side lick it up on the other which obviously if you know kiss at all those were the two albums that preceded 
Asylum, and Animalize. And of course I wanted them because I'm, I'm a Kiss fan and so I had those anyway, so I'm listening to those all the time. You know, I was just wearing that cassette out over and over. Well, on Christmas in 1985, as you might have heard my mom mention it a little earlier, I got the Creatures of the Night cassette and the Lick It Up cassette. And the Creatures of the Night cassette was the really cool cover with which is my it's my favorite Kiss album cover. It's got it's it's kind of blue and it's got their faces and their eyes are all lit up. It's really cool. But I got those for Christmas in 1985, and the following year, I seem to remember getting Somewhere in Time for Christmas in 86. So I do remember that. Or maybe I had gotten it earlier, and my copy was bad, and then I got a copy for Christmas that was good. I can't remember anymore. But I know in the last couple of years, I've had... uh, My wife got me a Kiss album last year for Christmas. I think it was Christmas. Might have been my birthday. I can't remember. (laughs) So let's nix that one. But why don't we hear a nice, pretty little song called Oh Little Town of Bethlehem. And when we come back, you're going to hear from a couple more of my friends.
Howdy, Steve. Uh, here's my Christmas memory, and it's uh, sort of Maiden related. Um, so when I was a uh, in eighth grade, I was playing bass. Uh, we wanted to start this band, and I was playing bass. And by the Christmas, uh, by the time my sophomore year rolled around, Christmas of my sophomore year, sophomore year so '83, I wanted uh, a bass, a new one. And my parents were kind of cringing at that because it was expensive. Uh, and then I jammed with a few guys and then had a party where I jammed a little more and I was playing guitar. I was playing this beat up, ratty Les Paul copy. And my, my mind just completely changed. I wanted a six string guitar at that point. So I went back to my parents and said, hey, I changed my mind, I don't want a bass. And they breathed a sigh of relief and I said, I just want a, I want a guitar, electric guitar. So they handed me the JCPenney catalog and said, okay, pick something out of here and we'll get that maybe. So I picked out a Flying V because I was a big fan of Michael Schenker, still am. So I thought, I like Michael Schenker, Adrian Smith likes Michael Schenker, I wanna get this Flying V. So I asked for that, Christmas rolls around, there's a box, guitar shaped box or sized box under the tree and I start digging into it and my parents tell me, well, we didn't quite get you the Flying V, uh, but we did get you an electric guitar. So I open it up, and it's a Harmony Les Paul copy, only it's uh, like the Les Paul Gibson The Paul. It was like a plank guitar. Um, it had some really great pickups in it. And I liked that guitar for quite a while. It was a good one. And so I had that guitar for a few years, and... It had great pickups, like I said. They were um, Gibson Dirty Finger pickups, two rows of screw screw heads, really high gain, high output. Um, but then in a, a music store, I saw this black and white Lotus Strat, and it reminded me of Dave Murray. Didn't have the pickups, didn't have humbuckers, but it, it was a black and white Lotus Strat. And I thought, man, I wish I could, I wish I could play like Dave Murray. So. Uh, I traded the Les Paul that I got for Christmas, the Harmony, for that Lotus, and the guy at the shop gave me $150 back in addition. So that probably right there should have told me to keep the Harmony, stick with the Les Paul. Um, but that's my memory of Christmas and music and gear and Maiden related. Merry Christmas. I've got a couple of memories um, associated with Christmas time to do with Iron Maiden. Um, the first one being my first ever job. The first job that I ever got when I was 14 years old was um, as a Christmas temp in um, in a record store called Our Price in Aberdeen in Scotland. Um, so, you know, seasonal stuff. And I'd never really considered getting a job before in my life, but my, my brother worked there and he was like, hey, you know, we, we take on Christmas stuff. Um, so um, that was in Aberdeen. And, you know, every weekend I had to travel up to town because I lived about 40 miles away um, uh, by bus. So every weekend I'd, in the run up to Christmas, I'd go up um, to Aberdeen, stay with my brother and just go and work. I think it was like a six hour shift on a, on a Saturday and a six hour shift on a Sunday and then back down the road to my wee village to, to go to school. Um, so like, you know, I felt kind of grown up and stuff. It was like, you know, first ever job. None of my friends had like jobs in Aberdeen or anything. So, um, yeah, it was quite, um, kind of important to me as a person growth wise, if you know what I mean. But, um, yeah, so I, 
I can't really think exactly what year it was. Maybe it was... I think it might have been 1996. Yeah, if I was 14, it would have been 1996. So, um, you know, I went up, I started working, and um, and I got my first ever paycheck. And, um, y- yeah, you know, what do you do with your, your first ever paycheck? Um, well, I decided to spend mine on, on a leather jacket, because, you know, I'd always wanted a leather jacket, like a proper biker's jacket. Um, and... I got the Live After Death cover painted on the back, like, absolutely superb, amazing job. Um, so, yeah, you know, I've had that jacket ever since, you know, 25 years or however long it's been now. Still just about fits me. Okay, I don't wear it so often now because the lining's absolutely knackered. But, you know, whenever I put it on, it's like putting on my skin again. So, um, yeah, I always kind of associate... Um, Christmas with that first ever job as a Christmas, you know, Christmas temporary staff and and actually being able to get a leather jacket. Um, And the second uh, maiden memory that I've got to to do with Christmas and Christmas time uh, is from 2006. So I guess 10 years after that, when I was kind of following them around a little bit and um, going to the Matter of Life and Death tour that was in the UK right on the run up to Christmas. So I am... I saw them in Glasgow, and then later on in the month, I, I flew over to Dublin, and then I f- flew over to London from there um, for their their two-night stint, finishing the tour off at Earl's Court in London. Um, and that was on, on the, um, the 22nd and the 23rd of December. So, you know, I flew into London with my, my friend right before Christmas, um, and we went to these gigs together. We had, like, first to the barrier through the, um, through the fan club, um, and of course, on the first night, I, I mean, I've talked about this before, as one of my most memorable maiden experiences was when the, the power blew up and they had to stop the show for um, 10 or 15 minutes and the band came out to entertain us. And, and, you know, there were all kinds of things going on. Adrian was juggling and like Steve was playing football and, and Bruce was trying all manner of things to entertain us. And one of the things that he did was getting us to sing Christmas songs because it was... Um, it was right before Christmas, so, um, you know, he got all of us down the front who could actually hear him, like, singing We Wish You a Merry Christmas and stuff like that. So um, so that's quite a cool Christmas Iron Maiden memory. Um, and then, of course, it actually preceded the what was probably the worst Christmas of my entire life because I flew back from London on Christmas Eve, flew back to Aberdeen, went back to my flat. I had no plans for Christmas, it was just me. So I, I went back to my flat to discover that... Um, I had metered electricity and gas at the time, and like the flat had run out of both. So I go back to my flat, no gas, no electricity, no nothing. I'm like, okay, what do I do? Okay, so I went out and bought energy, and then, uh, and then I got a call, and I went out drinking, and I drank and drank, stayed up until like 4 a.m. And I remember just, I barely puked so much in my entire life as that Christmas Eve into Christmas Day. I threw up all the way home, honestly, and. Uh, and it was the, the worst Christmas ever. I woke up with, like, literally the worst hangover I've ever had in my entire life. I'd been invited to my, my pals for Christmas dinner. I had, like, the smallest plate of Christmas dinner because, man, I just couldn't face it. Um, and, you know, that was a, probably a result of the week that I'd had in the lead-up to it following Iron Maiden around. But um, it was totally worth it. <laughs> That's it. So it's funny that it's it's maybe not an amazing Christmas Day memory, but it's an amazing Christmas week memory. All right. Well, just in case you were wondering, that was Chris from Indiana and Joe from Greece via Scotland. 
And next up is a guy who has not done his Iron Maiden store yet. He sent it to me, but we haven't even set a date to talk yet, but he should be coming up shortly or in the near future. He is Steve from Hertfordshire, England. Iron Maiden were a first love. They were the band I went head over heels for at the right age. Then I got cool. Yeah, right. They split up, well, they changed their singer, and then the 90s happened. The world did keep turning. Time passed and I moved on to a bunch of other stuff. Then, a couple of years later, they came back, or Bruce came back, but they started doing undeniably good work again. But I was older though. I didn't take the new stuff to my heart the way I did Seventh Son and Peace of Mind. It wasn't until maybe coming home from the final frontier that an Iron Maiden song really belonged to me in the 21st century. At one point I got talking on Twitter about yet another live Iron Maiden album in 2017, about the passage of time and about how good the band are these days. Blood Brothers came into that conversation and um, the fact that it wasn't a new song anymore. It was 15 years old. I mean, blimey, how did a song from the comeback trail get to be so old? I'm choosing to talk about this track for several reasons. Iron Maiden were the first big festival show I saw at Donington in 88. I was there when they recorded the Live at Donington album in 92. I love that feeling from live music. I love the special feeling you get in a crowd when you're all singing the same words. This version is from the 300th live album released by Iron Maiden. This particular track was recorded at Donington, my fourth time of seeing them there. This one was on the Book of Souls tour. Yep, I was there again. It was a tough show. It was summer in the UK, so it was pissing with rain and howling with wind. There was mud spewing out of the earth and pouring into our boots. Maiden unified the 70,000 fans that were playing that day. They played new songs, they played 80s classics, and then they played a new old song, this one, to a riotous reception. Then, Bruce said a thing. At this time, it seemed like Bruce said, it, said a really big and important thing. This was around the time of the Bataclan. This was around the time of the, uh, the bombs that went off in, uh, in London, the day of the Camden Rocks Festival. But this is what he said. This is what Bruce said. The message that we send is that no matter how many people you try and kill, life, love, laughter and music will go on and go on and go on. My friends, we are blood brothers. The crowd roared. They roared the way a metal crowd does and everyone got that feeling. The same feeling that you get at this time of year. That Merry Christmas one and all feeling. Up the irons.
everybody. This is uh, Kevin from Southern Maryland. Uh, I appeared this past summer, uh, 2021, with uh, Uncle Steve to discuss my Iron Maiden story. Uh, I was the prodigal son who spent a lot of wasted years in purgatory before coming home to Maiden. Yes, I know. Genius. <laughs> but I did. I spent a lot of years away from Maiden. But I'm back now and I'm never leaving again. I've been back for about two years now. And I am absolutely thrilled that next year in October, uh, I just got tickets at Capital One Arena for my very first Iron Maiden concert ever. So I am thrilled. I'm blown away. Thank God they're back on tour and just fingers crossed and everything else crossed that, uh, uh, you know, COVID or nothing else gets in the way of them getting back on tour next year. So I'm thrilled about that. But I just wanted to say Merry Christmas to everybody, to all the Maiden fans and metal fans everywhere. And of course, Merry Christmas to uh, you, Uncle Steve and family. Thank you so much for uh, your podcast and, and just bringing together, you know, Iron Maiden fans from all over the world and metal fans, uh, as we discussed, there's nothing like music that brings people together from all walks of life. You know, um, it's a beautiful thing. And involving the fans like you do, also a beautiful thing. That's why that's why I love your podcast. And that's why um, I've been thrilled and honored to uh, participate. So thank you so much. And again, Merry Christmas. And everybody have an amazing new year. And let's hope we can get back to, you know, more normal. Or as normal as it's going to be. So just wanted to share a couple thoughts about... Uh, Music and Christmas, because they're both very intertwined for me. And I have a couple great memories from when I was a kid, especially. Uh, one of them I mentioned um, when I was on with Uncle Steve back in the summer. So I won't go through the whole story again, but suffice it to say, when I came downstairs Christmas morning and there was a big, shiny, silver boombox, my very first decent, you know, stereo ever, 100 watts which in those days was amazing. That sucker took 8D batteries, but you could, I could blast it throughout the whole community. And Iron Maiden Power Slave, this was Christmas of 1984. So that was an amazing Christmas. Um, I think my favorite Christmas, one of my favorite Christmases of all time. And I was, I was riding up and down the road on my bicycle on Christmas afternoon, blasting Maiden throughout the neighborhood. So that, that was a very cool Christmas and very unexpected um, for my mother to do that. And But I really think the very next Christmas was probably the most uh, important. Um, I had a great aunt. Uh, she never had children. She was married, but she never had children. When I was growing up, it was just her. Her husband had passed away. So we were very close. I did a lot for her, and she did a lot for me. She was like a second mother. And it turned out she had always wanted to um, learn how to play the piano. I think most of her brothers and sisters, she had a big family. Uh, a couple of them played sort of semi-professionally, and they were very good singers as well. She could never really sing, but she wanted to learn how to play the piano. But she could never, you know, she never had the time. She had to go off and make a living and all that stuff. But she had been saving up for a lot of years, I found out later on. And so Christmas of 1985, 
I always went to see her, you know, after I opened up presents with my mother and grandparents. And then we would go see her or sometimes she would come to our house. Anyway, this Christmas, she, um, uh, she called and said she wanted, she had a surprise for me. So, uh, she was looking forward to me coming to see her that, you know, when I was done at home. So I had no idea anything was coming, but, uh, I went and saw her that afternoon, Christmas, at, uh, on Christmas day afternoon. And she had brought, she had bought us, it turned out, um, a brand new piano. She had saved for years and she brought a, bought a beautiful brand new piano. And at the same time, she, uh, signed me up for lessons. Now, I was young. I wasn't necessarily crazy about taking piano lessons, but she made me stick with it. And really, that Christmas, she gave me uh, the gift of music, which has lasted a lifetime because uh, she forced me to stick with it. I picked up pretty good, you know, in the lessons, and I still try and keep up on music theory to this day. And I play the piano fairly well. You know, I, I wouldn't say I was naturally gifted as a musician. But um, I still got that piano to this day. It's still in perfect shape. I've kept it up all these years. And I still play from time to time. And after I learned how to play the piano a little bit, of course, I experimented with the guitar. And again, I'm pretty good. I'm no, you know, I wasn't naturally gifted. But, you know, wh wh whether, you're, whether you're a brilliant musician or you just, you know, get by the best you can... Um, it's a wonderful, wonderful gift to give somebody, you know, that lasts a lifetime. So I really think that was probably certainly one of the greatest Christmases of all time. It gave me the, the gift and knowledge of music and, uh, I still play to this day. And, uh, we actually learned how to play together because she went to the lessons with me and she paid attention and we practiced together. So we really encouraged each other you know, to keep up on it. And she did pretty good. She had off some arthritis, so she couldn't really play with both hands. But uh, she was thrilled. And it was something we were able to share for the next 10 years until she passed away. And like I said, I've still got the piano to this day. So that was a really special Christmas in 1985. And uh, a wonderful memory. And it, it really, it made us even closer. You know, because we spent so much time practicing and she was a real taskmaster which is something you need when you're a kid trying to get them to learn how to play the piano. So, and it was cool. And she wasn't into rock. And I was always trying to uh, get us to practice, you know, Elton John songs or anything that I could think of that would work on the piano. She wasn't thrilled with that, but, uh, <laughs> but I, I insisted. So it's a lot of fun. And, and, and uh, I still play to this day and I play the guitar a little bit. Like I said, once you learn music theory, you know, it's a beautiful gift because then uh, you have the foundation to uh, try all kind of different instruments. So that was a wonderful Christmas and a wonderful uh, memory. And I always think of her and, uh, and music on Christmas. So, again, Merry Christmas, everybody. Have a wonderful New Year. Uncle Steve, again, thanks for all you do and for getting fans involved. It's a beautiful thing. And uh, I look forward to another year of uh, sharing Maiden and heavy metal and, and lots of, and everything else uh, with everybody that you've brought together. So thank you. Uh, Merry Christmas and cheers, everybody.
Thank you very much, Kevin. Really do appreciate you sending that in. That's a really, really cool story about your aunt. I think that's really, really neat. It's a great memory to have. It's cool that you still have that piano as well. Um, now, I'm going to play you another song here, and then you're going to hear from another good friend of mine. But I have a song here that I've never heard before, literally until 10 minutes ago. I was just looking for something different to play. This is a band I've never heard of. It's a band called the Small Town Titans, and they're doing a cover of the song You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. And I got to admit, this thing is freaking awesome. So check this out. Really, really cool stuff. Mr. Grinch, you really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus and as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a greasy black peel. choice between the two of you, I would take the And your soul is full of gunk, Mr. Grinch. The three best words I would use to describe you are as follows, and I quote Stag! 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 
Dear Uncle Steve and all my friends that listen to the Uncle Steve podcast, here's Luis from Venezuela wishing you all a very, very, very happy and Merry Christmas. And if you don't celebrate Christmas, well, hope you have a very happy new year. And if you don't celebrate the coming of the new year, well, uh, enjoy the time. Uh, enjoy the festivities or whatever and be very, very, very happy. Uh, Uncle Steve asked me to share a memory, a musical memory uh, of Christmas and I have been given a lot of thought about it and recently about like uh, the start of December, uh, I don't know, People behind the Frank Sinatra page, or there's my baby in the background, <laughs> uh, uh, they publish a, a, a animated video uh, with the song Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, sung by Frank Sinatra. And that's, that's what I want to share with all of you. If you can, please go to the Frank Sinatra YouTube page and look up for Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas and see the situation that unfortunately I'm currently in uh, because I think a lot of you people know about this. About three years ago, my, my brother who is uh, uh, an American uh, uh, went back to North America to live there. He currently currently lives in Orlando, Florida. And well, uh, of course, my family and I really miss him. We haven't been uh, on Christmas together for about uh, three years. And well. I will, I will like all of you to see that video and kind of understand what my family is going through. It's going to be pretty emotional. And the message I want to share with all of you is that if you have your family close or if you can see your family and friends during the festivities, uh, enjoy the time you have together and give yourselves a hug and be happy just for being together. Merry Christmas to y'all. Awesome, Luis. I know that was a very heartfelt thing from you and I do appreciate it. Uh, so really, that is pretty much it. Everybody has been heard from. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. There's one more person that you haven't heard from yet. But before I say, before I give you that, let me just tell everybody again, thank you very much for sharing your greetings, sharing your stories. It's always, it always blows my mind to think of all these people. And I know that I've had some friends this year that have went through some pretty hard things and I know that I've been told personally by them that I've made some kind of a difference to them. And I talked to my wife about it and I'm like, it's amazing to me 
that I started my podcast in the kitchen downstairs you know, a couple years ago almost, and it's just a stupid podcast, you know, about music band, which a very important band to all of us, obviously, but still, I'm like, it's just a podcast, and I've made friends, we've created this community of people, all of you are a part of it, and we, not just me, but people out there, you guys, have made a difference in people's lives by just being their friend and encouraging them and comforting them with warm statements and things. And to think that I make a difference and I'm helping other people make a difference, it blows my mind. And I'm very, uh, I'm very thankful for it. It's, it's really, really cool. So I hope everybody has a happy Christmas. I hope everybody has a safe new year going into the new year. I hope that next year is better than this year. And I had a friend that used to have a saying about, I remember asking him one day and he said, I said, Hey man, how's it going? He's like, Hey, it's the best day of my life. And I'm like, Oh wow. What happened? He goes, I mean, it's the only day I'm alive. He said, yesterday's gone. Tomorrow's not here. So enjoy your day. It's the only day you're alive because yesterday is gone. You're not alive yesterday anymore. You're not alive tomorrow yet. So enjoy your day. Enjoy your time with your family. And hopefully you enjoy this. (laughs) But seriously, happy Christmas to everybody out there. Merry Christmas to everybody out there. God bless everybody out there. And I'm going to let you hear from somebody that has a voice that you should definitely recognize. And then maybe his band has a song for you to hear. Cheers, everybody. Hi, Uncle Steve. Dennis here, as you know, Lionheart, XI Maiden. Just wishing you and everyone over there uh, a really happy Christmas, Merry Christmas, and a happy new year. Um, we're all the same here, all locked down again, coming, and um, gigs are being cancelled. As you know, we've not been allowed to, to tour or work for nearly two years now. Uh, it's been absolute hell but listen look forward to next year and uh, lots of chats with Uncle Stephen wishing you all again happy Christmas and a fantastic new year keep smiling
the star. I can't. Okay. I guess I can stop. Where do you think you get your great sense of humor from, dude? I remember when Mimi used to ask me who was the funny one. Mm-hmm. And Noah, she would ask me who. And y'all said Poppy. And I'm like, oh my god. Really? We were, we they were told like, me that we once. Were like three and five or something. <laughs> I remember because that was oh before we understood humor. Yeah, Obviously. We <laughs> never really knew. Poppy we has a sense of humor, but it's all his own. We never dropped the jokes. He laughs more at himself than he does. Yeah. Stuff he says. I think we heard him okay. laughing, so we thought it was funny. Okay, yeah. so. Okay. Yay! Yay! Hello, Bedford Falls! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas, George! Merry Christmas, George! Merry Christmas, movie house! Merry Christmas, Emporium! Merry Christmas, you wonderful old building alone! Hey! Merry Christmas, Mr. Potter! Happy New Year to you! In jail!